Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Hi. Hi. Today is a special day. It is a special day. We've got a very exciting announcement. Yes, we have been planning to go on a tour, but not like a band tour, a workout tour, of course. <laughs> have we got Entourage coming with us? <laughs> no, we're not in a van. Um, so we're doing our kick tour and we are finally announcing the first location. Mm-hmm. So today, which is the 24th of July, mm-hmm. our sales for our Perth event Mm -hmm. go on our sales our tickets (laughs) for our birth event go on sale at 9 Mm a.m what is the tour Steph? the tour is australia new zealand so yes we're finally coming over to new zealand we did do a event with bumble um earlier in the year but this is we're hoping that this is going to be just as great but it's going to be massive all of our places that we're going so we're going to sydney melbourne uh gold coast auckland and perth um so they're they're the states so get ready but perth you are first um, and we're hoping to get like two to 300 of you at each event. It's going to be massive. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to have Laura and I up on stage struggling through the workout, just like we do on the app. Um, <laughs> Danny's going to be there with us as well, running us through a kick-ass workout. It's going to be goodie um, bags. Goodie bags with really great brands like Bondi Sands, Bras and Things, Cobbs. They're all on board and more. Um, we are thankfully sponsored by AIA Vitality, which is super exciting. This tour would not be possible without them and the tickets are twenty dollars and we can't wait i'm so excited but just make sure you stay up to date with our socials because that's where we're going to be announcing which dates and locations yeah we wanted to do one location at a time yes yeah so tomorrow is today sorry today we're recording on the tuesday but today (laughs) is perth and then tomorrow there is going to be another location ticket going live so make sure you stay tuned for that yep we can't wait yep they're all going to be at 6 p.m. Yep. So you can come after work. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to make sure that the event was as accessible as possible for you guys. So we hope we've done that and we cannot wait to meet you all. So let's talk about this weekend because it was probably the first time in a long time that we've been out since a past 12 o'clock together. Yes. I, we actually, I went to bed at 2.45. Mm. I don't know when I last did that. I'm such a, like probably two years. It was really fun. <laughs> fun wasn't it I think it's nice to do that again you know time and time again it was funny though because I woke up with a bit of a headache and Josh is on this like real health like you know not drinking at all um kind of thing he's just he's just trialing it for himself um not that he was like a massive drinker but he loved going out loved a good time um and he just it hasn't really been a while since he's had a drink so it's just funny because it was like we'd switched places in the morning I was the one with the headache and I was like oh like go away and he was like no let's like get up and do stuff so um roles were reversed but it was so much fun it was so fun. I think it's really healthy to be able to like just let go every now and again. The funniest thing I love is that we went out, so we went out for dinner. We had mm. dinner for quite a while and then oh for a long and time and had a few drinks. Probably like five hours for our yeah. dinner. And then we were like, we should go out. Yeah. And then we ended up getting ice cream. Like we were like, oh, but where would we? We'll just get some ice cream. Well, because we were like, we kind of like looked at each other and we both knew that neither of us wanted to drink anymore. We were like, we want to stay out, but no more alcohol. So let's get ice cream. <laughs> let's get ice cream. <laughs> random. We would have looked pretty random in the food court. But anyway, but yeah, that was us. It was great. <laughs> so today's chat, it's a really, uh, this is probably one of 
I'm going to say one of my favourite podcasts mm. we've done so far. Tully, one of our close friends, um, awesome chick in the industry. She is, I think what I love about her is that she isn't afraid to say, you know, how she feels or mm. what she feels, her opinions and everything. She's just unapologetically herself. She is loud and proud about it, but she's also gone through so much, like a lot more than a lot of people would mm. even know. Um, and she was so brave to share pretty much her whole life story and the ups and downs about it with us. Um, and I've already listened to it to a couple of times. It was just, it was so raw and awesome. And we really, really hope that you guys out there listening to it, um, will get to know Tally on a whole nother level and, um, see her for the incredible woman she is. Mm. She, um, sadly also recently lost her mum. Two weeks before we recorded. So she's been bloody brave going out there and talking to people about it. But she said, you know, you know, if anything's going to come good from it, it's, it's to get awareness out there for dementia. So we definitely talk a lot about that. Um, and yeah, we like Tal, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on again. Um, you were awesome to talk to, really, really brave. And yeah, we think everyone's going to love it. One, two, three, Hello, Tal. Hello. Thank you for joining it's us so today. It's so nice to see both your beautiful faces so early this morning. <laughs> she walked in saying, this is an early morning. I was like, is it? Yeah, so this is an early morning for me, but I knew it wasn't an early morning for you too. <laughs> you get up at and exercise at 7 I do, o'clock? I do. I train at 7.30 most mornings. Yeah. I do, but it's been a bit of a slow couple of weeks for me. Of course. What mm. time did you get up this morning? Um, actually, this morning I was okay. I had a shower. I did some prep, did some emails. So I've been going for I curled my hair for you guys. I was going to say, you're looking very nice. Thank you so much. You said oh, we thing. probably should have told you that we don't film our podcast. <laughs> no, I probably, I thought that I could probably wear activewear and it'd be pretty safe. But <laughs> I put on some pants for you. So you're welcome. Thank you. Well, we'll take a selfie. We have to remember, every time we have a guest, we forget we totally to take forget. the photo. And then. Well, clearly I didn't. Well, you. Hence my hair being. Curly. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready for. I'm ready for my close off. You guys always look great, though, so you don't need to do your hair. Oh, I don't know about that. Anyway, to get started, we'd love for the. I'm sure our audience knows so much about you already, but could you share three fun facts about you? I can. So this is always an odd question because you know yourself so well. So mm-hmm. it's hard to think about like what do other people maybe not know about you. And when you're someone like me who shares so, so much, much online, it's mm-hmm. like what haven't I spoken about? Mm. But I've written something down. So I used to, one of my, and this is what I sort of talk about on first dates Mm -hmm. because I find that it's a really kind of, it's a good icebreaker. (laughs) It kind of, um, it changes people's opinion about me instantaneously. Mm -hmm. So I know, Laura, you especially are quite sporty. Steph, you're pretty sporty as well Mm -hmm. during school. Mm -hmm. So I went to this fancy private school in Sydney and I remember when I sort of did the tour, all I wanted to do was do rowing, right? That's all I wanted to do. They had rowing as a sport and I was like, amazing, I want to be a rower. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. No, I, I think really it's a thing. It. It's because you never got to it in primary school and it's random well, it's and it seems like a, yeah, fancy. It's yeah. like, I want to be on that boat. Exactly. <laughs> so that was one of the selling points. I sort of did that, you know, you sort of see a few few schools and I was like, no, nah, I want to go to this one because they have rowing. <laughs> <laughs> They're rowing. And I get there and that's the first year that they've stopped doing rowing because not enough girls were doing it and they couldn't afford to like have the boat shed and stuff. So I was devastated. So my friend Siobhan and I decided, okay, fine, what's the next best thing? So we enrolled in fencing. 
Did you say this about me? No, you just wanted to do fancy Ridge School I, activities. I think so. I think I was too much. What's that movie with Lindsay Lohan? You'd know this, Steph. Oh, um, the twin one. Oh, Parenthood. 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 And they do fencing at school camp. Yes. I guess before you. Yeah. So, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. She's very proud of that. <laughs> so I did fencing as a sport. Um, in oh, the whole get long? up for like a couple of years, and I was pretty good at it. What kind of muscles does it use? <laughs> Your legs are long, so I just sort of step forward and I won. I'd be like on guard. And Do you get sweaty? Yeah, and also <laughs> this is another fun fact about I'm sharing way too much too early. Um, so I also quit for a funny reason. So we went and did like comps. You know when you go and you do all those big school comps where a bunch of schools get together and you verse each other. Mm-hmm. So everyone was sharing uniforms and helmets and I got head lice. Oh, <laughs> the worst. Wait, did you bring it or you got it No, from like me? we had to, everyone was sharing the same helmet. So like God knows what school or who, who gave it to me. <laughs> but I came home that day and I was like, what? My head is super itchy. And I was mortified. Yeah. And I was like, never doing that ever again. <laughs> I'm never doing that ever again. So yeah, I used to do fencing as a sport, which people are really like shocked by. Um, I also <laughs> played saxophone. Oh yeah, That's I, cool. yeah. I remember you sharing a story. Yeah. Of you, yeah. And I was a gamer. So I was a bit of a bit of a dork. I what kind of games? Like video games. Like what, what games did you play? No, like Age of Empires. <gasps> Same. And like The Sims. Yes. I know we both like The Sims. Oh, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Rollercoaster Tycoon. Oh my God. Yeah. And I once played it for so long. I played The Sims for so long and I played it on fast forward for so long. <laughs> No, this is really funny. I went to I went to bed and I was playing it on fast forward in my head and I woke up nauseous and vomited. Oh my god! <laughs> because my dream was on like fast forward. Like my whole dream was like watching The Sims and fast forward. And I woke up and I was like, Bleh. you know what's funny about that? I used to have night terrors and one of my night terrors was on fast forward. Yeah, because was, when yep. you play it. Yep. Anyway. I didn't play enough video games. I'm not across this. Well, I had two oh. brothers. Yes, yeah, same. It was because of my yeah. brother. So I, they kind of, you kind of learn early on when you're the only girl in the family, you're like, look, I can either beat them. Yeah. Like, if you want to be a part of the fun, you kind of have to like join in, do what they're doing, which yeah. was playing video games. I had one of those purple things. Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. One of those Is that a video purple game? things. Yeah. Well, mine yeah. was purple. Sorry, Game Boy. Mine was purple too. Was it see-through purple? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wore those too. Yeah. 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 I played Pokemon on it all the time. Um, other fun facts. So. I think again, Steph. Maybe you mentioned this. I was. I've almost been on Home and Away twice. Really? Like really close to being on Home and Away twice. Yeah. What? Yeah. What so held you back? The first time was during my um, HSE, which you guys call your VCE. Mm-hmm. So my last year of high school, and I was modelling, mm-hmm. but part time. I never. Mm-hmm. I've never modelled full time. Mm-hmm. It's always been like you know, sort of on the side. side by side with school, side by side with uni. And I was sent to a casting, and I know you guys have both done modelling, and you know how sometimes you go to castings and you don't really know what you're walking into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea. And then they're like, oh, here's a script. Here's a co-star and just read these lines. And I was like, oh, I'm not an actress. Yeah. I'm a model. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, yeah. But I, they were like, I kept getting through the rounds and I was like, wait, what? I don't even know if I want to be on this show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was basically offered a three-year contract playing a character. Um, did you say no? Yeah, I said no. I said no that time because A, it would mean leaving school yeah. and it was really important to me to finish school and to finish my studies. Mm. B, it, it was never, I never wanted to be an actress. It mm. wasn't a dream of mine that I was pursuing. Mm-hmm. I kind of fell did into it. Did you watch Herman Away? I did, kid? I did. Yeah, my mum was a big Herman Away fan. Mm. So I did watch Herman Away. I'm mm. surprised. I watch Herman Away every night of my life, like up until probably Yeah, no, I was a fan of it. I just didn't want to. If someone offered me a contract, I would have just, I would have moved to Mexico to be on Herman Away. Do you know what? I think because in my head, I always wanted to go to uni. That was always really important to me. It was, it was never, 
an option. Mm. Um, I studied really hard and I really wanted to go to university and I really wanted to become a journalist. And that was my dream. And I just wasn't in my sort yeah. of path. It wasn't, it wasn't one of my goals. And so I just turned it down. Would you go back and do it? Well, then literally like a year ago, yeah. I was sent a script. Again, hadn't applied, didn't <laughs> even tweet saying I wanted to be in the show. But they were like, hey, he's a character we think you'd be great for. Um, it was really flattering because she was 25 years old and I'm 31. So I was like, oh, my God. They yeah, you, look, you look 25. 25. Oh, stop. <laughs> it was really, it was lovely. I was like, you guys think I can play a 25-year-old? That's lovely. Um, but again, I was like, I just, it's not something that. So you got offered the role? Well, they just kind of were like, look, wanted to push you we to have, try at least. We have you yeah. in mind. Almost as if they'd written them. And when you read the synopsis of the character, I mean, it was basically me. Like she was like sassy and had like a chip <laughs> in her shoulder. And um, But yeah, again, I was like, it's just not something that. Yeah. How I, many years was it for? Contract, they're usually three year contracts. Wow, it's yeah, quite initially, a long time. Initially, yeah, and if you know, it's such a great stepping stone. And like, absolutely, if you wanted to be an actor or get into that, absolutely, mm. I would ha- happily do it. But it's just never been something that I've totally. wanted to do. So it's just an it's just been an odd thing to be offered twice. But very flattering that you know if anything happens, you <laughs> have got a home and away career waiting for you. Absolutely, and you know what? I mean. I'm getting more and more irrelevant. So I might, Can you not say that? I might come back and be like, hey, you know that time you offered me that thing? I'm, I'm keen now. Okay, third fact, because I can just babble on, and especially with you two. Um, what was my third fact? Oh, so when I eat things like M&Ms or grapes or Tic Tacs or anything like that, I have to eat them in even numbers. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to eat two grapes? Two, four, six, eight. So if there's only one, you just won't go I'll just touching have, it? No, I'll just have, no. Would you ever cut it in half and then think that no. it was, okay. Is it only small things? Yeah, like things you can have, like popcorn. Yeah. I know. Right. You guys are both looking at me like I'm an absolute fruit loop. No. Yeah, I don't know why. It's probably like, it's not OCD because that's an illness. But yeah, I just like eating things in even numbers. Yeah, random. Well, that's amazing. Very and random. thank you for sharing 25 I, facts with us. I really, really enjoyed that. I got to know a lot. three that facts. I, didn't know. Just, I was just rambling. <laughs> this is like the pure reason why we don't call them quick questions anymore. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what about the most pivotal moment in your life or career thus far? Okay, so there are two that set out to me. Can mm-hmm. I talk about two? No, so we did 25 facts. So we can okay. do two of these. Honestly, there were three facts. Just <laughs> elaborated. Um, okay, so two that come to mind are probably pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is when my mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. um, which was when I was about 15 years old. And then the second was obviously Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the first was sort of pivotal. Pivotal. It is a hard word. It's a hard word. We always. <laughs> I think I just around. did that to you. Um, the first was obviously a really sort of important moment in my personal life mm-hmm. that changed everything mm-hmm. from then from then on. And then Big Brother obviously changed my whole life again mm-hmm. um, in a completely different way and probably affected my career. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were the two sort of big ones. Yeah. What about goal? Your first goal that comes to mind? It can be in relation to anything. So my goal is to. Uh, find myself in a career where I feel challenged and inspired um, and like I'm making a difference to the world um, in a positive manner. 
I've obviously been so lucky and so grateful to do what I've been doing for the last couple of years and I've had a ball doing it. But now I, I want to be doing something that I truly love and I'm truly passionate about and that I go to work every day loving what I do. And mm-hmm. I can, you know, it's, I love watching you guys do what you do because mm-hmm. I know how much you love what you do. And your job is, you know, so multifaceted and you, you have so many different things going on, but you are truly passionate about everything that you do. And I'm jealous. I really want that. I want that for myself because mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm lucky and I'm grateful and I'm appreciative, but <laughs> I don't love taking a selfie for a living. That's not what I want to be doing. I'm smarter than that. I love that you're so open about that though. Yeah, well, yeah my manager doesn't. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jen. Uh, yeah, I just, it's been fun. It's been fun, but it's been six years, guys. Yeah. Like, I'm bored. I think also because you actually are such a good writer. Like you have, you've been to yeah, university, obviously you. you're a, yeah. a journalist. I think that's why for you, you have so much to offer and what you write on your blogs and things are incredible. The way you write is amazing and you do have so much to offer. So I feel like if you are just feeling that you offer face value things like a selfie, it can be really hard because you're like, no, there's so much more more of me. Yeah, it just feels like I'm not, um, and it's, you know, I meet people all the time. They're like, oh, I just didn't expect you to be like this. You know, I was in a meeting the other day, quite an important meeting um, and I went away and then I had another follow-up meeting and... um, the person I was meeting with was like, it was really odd because I didn't follow you on Instagram before I met you. Mm. And then obviously when you left my office, I went and sort of did a bit of a deep stalk of you. And she's like, I just, the person that I met in my office wasn't the person that I saw on your mm. Instagram feed. And that kind of killed me a little bit because mm. I, I feel that. I, I agree with that. And mm. I don't think I'm happy with that being the case. Mm-hmm. Are you going to change it? Not that you need to. Well, I've taken, you know, I've taken steps. I try my best, you know, like I, mm. I try to talk about things that are passionate, um, that I'm passionate about and things that are important to me and causes that are important to me. But as you guys would know, sometimes end of the day, that's not always what people want to hear mm. and yep. see. Yep. That's not what's going to pay my rent. And yep. it sucks because, you know, I've done a few posts recently and I'm sure we'll touch on this um, mm-hmm. shortly, but um, I've done a few posts recently about Dementia Australia, mm-hmm. who, which is so important to me. Yeah. And the feedback's been amazing and, you know, the engagement's been amazing. Not that that means anything to me at all. But those posts aren't making me any money. Mm. They're not not paying my rent. And unfortunately, it is my bread and butter at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I guess coming back to your question, my goal would be to be in a career that pays my bills, but that I'm also passionate about and that I feel good about. Yeah, Mm. that makes sense. Yeah, but it's just, it's tough to find that balance. What's your five year... Like in five years, if everything kind of goes the way that, that you're um, planning for it to be mm-hmm. going, what? where would you be? What are well, you doing? firstly, let's all hope that I have a partner because, <laughs> my God, I'm sick of being single. <laughs> That's something I have both your about. weddings coming up and if I don't have someone to bring to them, I mean, Steph, yours is pretty close, so I'm probably shit out of luck. But, Laura. <laughs> Maybe you can meet out. one there. Yeah, you never no, know. As if I wouldn't have already met any of our single well, friends. I don't know. Come on. You don't know. Um, I no, might have some cousins. <laughs> Great. Part of the family. Yeah, we might have some part of your family. We might have some cousins too. Good. Okay. That's no, honestly, I know that's you probably were talking more career wise, but that love is really important to me mm. and I would love, you know, what achieving all these achievements and all these great opportunities and these trips that I get to do and stuff, none of it really means anything if I'm have no one to share it with. Mm. So I'd love to find someone. If you're out there listening, um, please hit me up. So yeah, hopefully having a partner. But yeah, career wise, um, I guess the dream gig, you know. I used to say radio mm-hmm. because I love the sound of my own voice and I do have a lot to say and a lot of opinions you and do. I am a trained journalist. And you're funny. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but the more of these I do, the more I really love 
podcasting. And I, you know, that is kind of where it's moving. And mm-hmm. when I get up in the morning and I'm getting ready, I have a podcast playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, a radio mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a radio show podcast on. I have you guys or I have Shameless or I have all of my true crime podcasts that I love so much. So, I mean, I guess, you know, having my own podcast would be amazing for sure. And I think that's a way I, I find with podcasting, what's been amazing is you can actually kind of offer some value and substance. I mean, I hope that's what we're doing to people. Um, that's whereas, definitely what you're doing, well, but not just through help. the podcast. Um, but it, it's it's amazing because I feel like on radio you just feel pressure to do, totally. you know, speak about funny things. And it's very, obviously there's some stations that go into more deeper things, but a lot of the time it's funny jokes and things. But funny on a jokes, um, male orientated, yeah. mm. um, you've got these short, sharp breaks, you've yeah. got sponsors you have to give shout outs exactly, to, you've yeah. got to throw to songs, you've got to talk about, you know, the footy game on the weekend. And that's all well and good there's definitely a space for that but I think that the beauty of podcasting is that we can talk about whatever the hell we want yeah because it's, it's your podcast yeah like we could sit here and talk about dogs for 40 minutes I'm and sure that, people would love uh, love that yeah, they would. There'd be, there's definitely an audience for that you know what I mean so and I think that there's something really amazing and really exciting about that and and being in that space for and sure I think for you what you would find is what Laura and I found with it is because as you said before there's some times where you feel like your social media doesn't, you know, um, reflect who you are. In things like a podcast, you can go so much deeper into your actual totally. thoughts of things. People get to know you and, yeah, I, we've found that and we've really liked being able to kind of share a lot more of our well, own I, opinions. I think you two have always been really great. Something that I've always admired about the both of you that I've always struggled with, which is weird, is talking to, just on, even on Instagram, talking to camera. You both do it quite often. No makeup, no filter, you know, you're not using any fancy sort of... And you're just talking to people and that I've always struggled with. And I think that's also a way of connecting to your followers in a more personal, Mm. real level because it's not a polished photo of you on a beach Mm. with that amazing ass of yours out. (laughs) It's, you know, it's just you in your bathroom or you walking down your stairs with Ari or, you know, with Bill, whatever. You guys have always been great at that. Thanks. I can't. That I struggle with that a lot. I really struggle talking to camera. You can't see from the outside. Mm. You can't tell. Yeah, but you're seeing take 45. You know what I mean? And I've still got a filter on it. So, yeah. So, but I think you guys do that really beautifully. Thank you. That's Am I interviewing really nice. you or are you interviewing I me? <laughs> I know. This is like, is this wow. the first podcast episode? <laughs> do you want to touch on, um, not do you want to, I would like you to touch on your childhood growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I would love to chat to you about what you mentioned before and your mum and mm-hmm. everything like that. But before all that happened, who was Tully, you know, five years old, 10 years old, 15? Like, did we into sports? I know you obviously said you played fencing and all that sort of stuff, but yeah. what were your interests back then? I had a great childhood. We honestly, we were so spoiled. Our parents worked their bloody asses off to give us everything we could ever have wanted. Mm. Um, and I just have the best memories. Mm. Um, I've always been sassy. It's <laughs> funny, I, um, I've been spending a lot of time with extended family recently and hearing all these stories about me as a kid, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like my grandmother apparently once turned to my dad and looked and pointed at me and said, she's going to be trouble, that one. <laughs> um, I've always had a bit of a mouth on me, um, always been a bit of a, a show pony, loved attention. Uh, my brother and I would do all kinds of things. We would um, host restaurants mm-hmm. in our bedroom and make our parents pay to come into the restaurant. Oh my, how much? I think it was a dollar or two dollars. Oh, good price. Mm, good price. I had a cubby house and I would write novels. So I've always been kind of creative and into oh, writing. Yeah. I'd write novels. Um, these are two, three page novels. Um, and then charge my parents to buy them back off me. How much? 
Again, two or three dollars, I think. I like the gold coins. You know, when you're little, the gold coins are what you wanted. You were a lot more savvy than me. When I used to play that sort of, I used to play shop with my grandma and we exchanged buttons. Yeah, Cena, you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I was making actual money off my parents. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because there are these stories that I've got. Like, I remember, so when I was in kindergarten, you guys will laugh at this. When I was in kindergarten, I was pulled into the principal's office and told that I needed to let my best friend, Kathy, make other friends. <laughs> I wasn't letting her, I was walking around the playground holding her hand and wouldn't let her make any other friends. Oh my God. And if you know me now as an adult, that's quite, um, I've always been quite protective of your friends. Protective. Protective, possessive. Mm. We use protective. It's a nicer word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've always been quite a strong-willed little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, quite creative. You know, I did drama at school. I did a lot of English, mm-hmm. ancient history. Um, wanted to be a fashion designer, mm-hmm. but then realised I couldn't Gee. draw to save myself. Yeah, but that was like a thing. You guys are mm. younger than me, but like we all thought that, you know, we wanted, wanted to work in magazines yeah. and like be in fashion and... yeah. I wanted to do that and then I did art and realised I was really bad at it. Um, But I could write. So, yeah, I've always sort of gone down that path. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I had the best childhood. I was really lucky. And how old were you when you guys found out about your mum? Yeah, so stuff really hit the fan all at once. Um, So in my head I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Dad now says there were signs as early as 2002. Mm -hmm. But she was officially diagnosed in 2000, um, no, sorry, 1996. So dad says there were signs as early as 1996, um, but she was officially diagnosed in 2002. Okay. But we first started seeing it. First of all, her mood um, and behaviour and temperament completely changed. Mm. Um, she'd always been, um, they've, you know, they worked really hard and she was always kind of tired and a bit stressed mm. yeah. and had a lot of balls in the air and was always kind of trying to juggle, you know, three kids, full-time job, husband. Yeah. Um, but she just kind of started getting snappy mm-hmm. and grouchy um, and really short-tempered, mm-hmm. which was the first kind of thing we started noticing. I was like, wow, mum's in a really bad mood again. Mm-hmm. And then the signs were kind of more obvious. And again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking back, it all kind of adds up and makes sense. But at the time, there's such little things that mm-hmm. you kind of pass them off as being tired or stressed mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So stuff like buying um, multiple um, milk, like she'd come home from grocery shopping and she'd there'd be three milks in the fridge because mm-hmm. she'd forgot that she'd bought two the day before. Yeah. And I was like, why do we have three milk? We don't need three milks yeah. in the fridge. Yeah. Um, stuff like losing her, her car at the supermarket, mm-hmm. which again, everyone does. Mm-hmm. I did all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do I. But it was constant mm-hmm. and it, you know, it was getting to the point where dad would have to go down and do laps and help mm-hmm. her find the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other stuff that we, we found out later on, like she'd send a business email to a client and then the day, a day later send a very similar email, not yeah. realising that she'd already sent the email the day before. Mm-hmm. What, what was her job? So she originally was in advertising and yeah. then she ended up working recruitment. So she okay. was a headhunter. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, always high-flying businesswoman, absolute powerhouse. But there were definitely signs like that early on. I remember Christmas every year we'd have this um, cute little advent calendar and rather than having sort of the traditional chocolate one, she would put clues in it for <laughs> us, for each of us. So mm-hmm. I have two brothers, as you guys know. Um, and she'd write little clues and we'd go on a treasure hunt and we'd mm. get to the next spot and there'd be another little clue and then we'd go to another <laughs> place. And one year the clues didn't make sense. Mm. We weren't understanding the clues. We, or we'd go to the spot we thought of and then there wasn't another clue there and it was like she'd lost her train of thought okay. whilst planning the treasure, te- like treasure hunt. 
And again, at the time, it didn't really... Yeah. I was like, oh, well, just where's my price? Like, I don't care if I can't... F- just mm. tell me where it is then. Yeah. Like, if I can't find it. But now, in hindsight, knowing what I know, it kind of all adds up. And what... So how did you guys find out? What kind of was the point where it was like, mm. there's something Yeah, well, I here. mean, we tested for a bunch of stuff. So initially, and again, my dad, you know, beautiful, beautiful man, protected us from a lot of this. So I didn't know a lot of this was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that there was something not right and that they were going away and going to various appointments to try and figure out what was going on. Mm. They initially tested for plaque on the brain, which is what um, Alzheimer's or dementia is. It's plaque growing on the brain. And if you imagine the brain being a sponge and you pouring, slowly sort of pouring acid over it and the acid sort of slowly eating away at the sponge, mm. that's what the plaque does to the brain. Right, okay. So they did an initial t- scan for plaque, didn't see any. So mm. we're like, great, cross it off the list. Then obviously you do stuff like testing for brain tumours mm-hmm. because symptoms are quite similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Headaches, mood swings, forgetfulness, stuff mm-hmm. like that. No brain tumour. Great, perfect. Tested for sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Again, very similar um, symptoms. Didn't have sleep apnea. Went through all these tests. And by the time we'd gone through all these various tests, we thought, look, let's just do this Alzheimer's test again. I mm. think by that point, she's probably showing a few more obvious mm-hmm. signs. Was she still working at this point? No. Okay. No, we had to, it became pretty clear that she, and she was sort of, she was a business partner. So we, she became a liability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was at home. Um, and yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't know how we were all playing this off because dad didn't, you know, we weren't like, oh, so mum stopped working because we just, she just stopped working. Yeah. And then dad stopped working to become her full-time carer. So we went from having two incomes to zero incomes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then I think they tested again for plaque a second time. And by that point there were obvious signs of it. And by that point she was pretty loopy how old was she? It's hard to like, the dates will jumble up. I was, I probably would have been, yeah, about 15, 16 years old. Um, but dad wasn't even sure whether we should tell her. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Because he was, he was like, what's the point? Mm. It's just going to, it's going to ruin her. And she was already so sick. She was still talking and she, but she was, you know, she'd say things like, oh, you know, we should really do a trip to New Zealand one day so you can meet your aunt. And I'd spent every Christmas in New Zealand with my aunt. Yeah. Um, but she still knew who I was. She still knew I was her daughter. She'd still, you know, she'd still tell me that she loved me. She was still yeah. there. Just a really weird, loopy, kooky version of herself. And I mean, being 15 um, or like 16, really any time finding out that your parent had that. I'm sure there's so many people who know nothing about Alzheimer's and rabies. Yeah. How, like, did you kind of, when you were told that by your dad and you guys were kind of working it out, how much did you really know about it? I didn't know anything. And I think the, one of the biggest misconceptions and still to this day, I speak to people and it's it's not their fault. There's yeah. just not enough information available, but yeah. everyone assumes it's a natural part of getting old. Yeah. Mm. I think most people's experiences with Alzheimer's, which is now being put under the broader term of dementia because mm. there are different forms of it. Um, is that, oh, my grandma had that Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. or my grandpa had that. Oh, I saw, you know, I have a vague recollection somewhere of my grandma calling me by my mum's name. Ha ha, you know, grandma went loopy and then died. Mm. It's not a part of getting old. We don't all get old and get dementia. It's a disease. It's a disease of the brain. And that is such a misconception. I was like, oh yeah, you get old and you get dementia. Mm. No, Mm. it's a, it's a disease. And unfortunately it's not a disease just for old people. People as young as 30 can get early onset dementia and it's horrific it doesn't discriminate um 
and that's just such a you know I do nothing I knew none of this. Mm. Uh, my grandparents did have dementia, mm. but again, I had some like vague memory of like grandpa going a bit loopy, so I really didn't know a lot about it. And yeah. to be completely frank with you, I definitely hid in ignorance mm. for a long time. I was scared of finding out more information. Yeah. I was scared of what I'd read. Yeah. I remember doing an initial Google when mum was diagnosed Mm. and sort of reading the line, you know, early onset sufferers, you know, have a life expectancy of six to eight years. Saw that, that freaked me the fuck out. And then I didn't do any more research. Yeah, yeah. Kind of did the math, thought, great, so I've got it for six more years. Yeah. And then that's sort of it. Mm. Um, But as I got older, obviously, I wanted to know more about it. Did you tell her at at any point? We did tell her. So we thought about it. It's... There was this really, and I guess that was the moment. I don't know if you guys have experienced it. I often try and talk to my friends about it, whether you've had this moment and it's such a, it's a real pivotal moment, using that word again, um, where the shift between child and parent happened Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you were just two equals. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have had it with your parents yet. Mm -hmm. And it's it's this really bizarre moment where all of a sudden you're talking to your, your, your mom or your dad who have always been, you know, on this pedestal, this mm-hmm. rock, this hero, this superhero who can do no wrong. And all of a sudden the levels have shifted mm-hmm. and you're just two human beings just trying to do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a conversation where I went from being the child and my dad being the superhero to us just both being two adults mm-hmm. in a situation trying to figure out the best way forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, we have to tell her. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm not, not telling her. Mm-hmm. I see where he was coming from and like, bless him. He was just, you know, we were just trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. But I was like, she has to know. Mm. The hard thing is, was then that she would often forget. Yeah, of course. <laughs> which was just, I mean, I laugh because if you don't laugh, you cry. But, mm-hmm. and, you know, one of my best examples of that was when her mother passed away. Mm. Um, her parents lived in New Zealand and her mum had been quite sick and um, my grandmother passed away. And mum was too sick to travel for the funeral. She just, she was, there were good days and bad days, but the mm. bad days were really bad. And the thought of, you know, my poor dad, the thought of taking her plus us three kids to New Zealand for a funeral, it was just too much. Yeah. So we didn't go, which to this day I'm, I'm sad about. But mum was just too sick. But obviously, you know, we were being sent flowers and cards. And I remember we were in the kitchen and mum saying, oh, you know, who are these beautiful flowers for? What are these beautiful mm. flowers for? And I had to tell her again and again that her mum had died yeah. and see her react for the first time over and over again. And yeah. it was horrific. You know, it's like that Fifty First Dates movie with Drew Barrymore. Mm, like yeah. Yeah. having to watch someone learn that information again and again, it was it was like being stuck in a nightmare. It was awful. Especially when you, how old were you then? About 20? Or, yeah. And you're still, I mean, at 20, you're still a kid. I mean, I know you're And I've got a brother who's five years younger than me. Yeah, and so, having to, I think it can be so, I, I can imagine it would be so hard having to be the adult there and hold it together for your family and your brother Yeah, I often and your mum and your dad. I often say that, and this is something that I've only realised in the last couple of years, but I really lost both parents to mm. Alzheimer's. I lost mum to the disease, but I lost dad to mum. He sort of became her carer and he did his best. Mm. But it's almost as if dad became mum's carer. Mm-hmm. My brother Scott became dad, I became mum, mm. and Tom just suffered. Um, so, yeah, it was really tough. It was really tough. And I didn't tell a lot of my friends because I knew they wouldn't understand yeah. because how could they? And so I, I dealt with it alone for a very long time. Do you think going through that experience, I mean, you're such a tough nut, um, 
do you think that kind of shaped who you are today? I mean, I, it, I bloody hope it's done something good. Mm. I bloody hope that something good's come from it and that I'm stronger for it. I... I think that it's definitely, and again, you know, now being older and doing work on yourself and seeing a psychologist, which mm. I think is very important and something mm. that everybody should do. Yep. As often as they go to the gym, they should check in mentally. Mm. Um, it's definitely had an effect on me that mm. I'm figuring out now later on in life. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's 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 put some walls up. It's created some obstacles in of terms course. of me connecting with people um, because I didn't have that, you know, maternal love. I didn't have that support. Um and that's definitely shaped who I am today. I think both in a positive and a negative way. Yeah. And I um I'm I mean we're both so sorry mm. for your loss of your mum and I I think I wanted to touch on it because when you were doing a story the other day and you sh- were sharing some stats about the disease, one that really stood out to me was that it's the number one like yeah, and cause of death for females. Yeah, that's, and I was just like, I had, I had mm, no idea. No one does, and those stats have been, goosebumps. Those stats have been creeping up over the years. I've yeah. been keeping abreast of them, obviously, for obvious reasons. For those who don't know, my mum passed away two weeks ago, mm. so it's all a little bit fresh. Um, and you're incredibly brave to be able to be talking about. Mm. Well, if again, if not, you know, if nothing good, but this, you know, I just want to raise awareness, and yeah. if if I can do that, then amazing. So. Dementia is now the number one cause of death for females in Australia and it's the second leading cause of death for Australians. Mm. Like that is such a phenomenal statistic that I guarantee you most people aren't aware of. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. It's terrifying because, you know, I'd I'd often say, and it sounds really dark and it sounds really morbid and it sounds really insensitive, but I I often said growing up that I wish mum had cancer. And I said that for a a few reasons. One being that, I felt like everyone in their family or most people have been touched by cancer mm-hmm. and can understand. So I w- often felt that people would be able to relate to me and people mm. would be able to understand what I was going through. Cause right now I feel completely alone. Mm-hmm. Secondly, cancer has hope. Mm. People survive cancer. There isn't a cure per se, but people survive cancer. Mm. There are no dementia survivors. Mm. There is no hope with dementia. Mm. You get dementia and you're going to die. Mm. You know, there isn't some beautiful celebrity who has survived dementia Mm. who can be the face of Dementia Australia. There is no one left. So it's really tough to talk about and it's tough to raise funds for and it's tough to want to get people to want to get behind because it's a really bleak fucking disease. Mm. How can people help? Well, firstly, we know so little about it. We Mm. still don't know what causes it. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, the kind of dementia that my mum has has been linked hereditary so there is a chance that I have it already can you get tested for that I can do you want to no yeah yeah that's something that's I'm often asked and it's a really confronting question so please if you're listening don't ask me via my dms because it gets me every time and that's such a personal choice of course it's such a personal choice some people would want to know I've chosen not to for a million reasons. Um, I think maybe if I had a partner and we were discussing a family and our future, I'd probably reconsider it. But mm. right now it's affecting nobody but me and I don't see it doing any good. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so firstly there is enough known about the disease. There is enough awareness about the disease and there is enough funds, mm. obviously. There's never enough funds for any disease. Mm. We need to raise funds for all of the diseases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, at the moment, my brother and five of his friends, um, there's a link in my bio, if you go to my Instagram bio, 
they are Put shaving the show notes yeah. as well. Thank you. They're shaving their beards to raise money. I um, love that. For, yeah, me too. They were like, what can we do? What can we do? Some of them have terrible beards. I'm like, they need to go anyway. <laughs> My brother's is very like perfectly like curated and he's actually like slightly terrified about being bare. I haven't seen him barefaced. I don't even remember last time I saw him barefaced. Mm. His girlfriend's like, oh God, this is going to be terrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, even just, just to go to dementia, yeah. um, Australian donate, even a dollar. The thing is, I've been so inundated since sharing um, this, my story and the passing of my mother last uh, two weeks ago now. I've been inundated with such beautiful messages yeah. of support of um, people that have you know been touched by dementia in their own lives, DMs and comments. And that is amazing and I'm so appreciative. Mm. But at the same time, it's like if each of you just donated $1, yeah. that actually makes a difference. Yeah. Like whilst I love the love and I love the support and I'm so lucky and I, feel, I felt so loved and so supported you know, on social media by everybody lately. I'm just like, if each of you just donated one dollar, mm. then that's ten thousand dollars already mm-hmm. to Dementia Australia, and that means more to me than than anything else. Yeah. Yep. Well, even everyone listening to this um, podcast, I mm. think a lot of people will listen to it, and we could donate tens of thousands of dollars to Dementia. If mm. you're right, and if everyone just does, I think sometimes if you if you can't offer a lot, you think it's people not worth think it. it's not you know it's not worth it. It's just a dollar, but a dollar from you know thirty thousand people. If all is a our lot. followers in this room, mm. I mean, Steph's got a million yeah, followers. Yeah, Steph raise a lot of money. Come on, guys, please, like, forget me. If you follow Steph, donate a dollar. Even like, if you follow, that's a even meal. if you were to donate. 20 cents. It's 10 that cents. would be a lot mm. from you, Steph. Yep. 10 cents. Like from just, your followers. Like don't, and, and the other thing is, okay, so if dementia hasn't touched your family, first of all, I'm so grateful and like I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but unfortunately it is going to be touching more and more of our families. Yep. The baby boomers are getting older mm. and, and I'm even finding, and it kills me every time because I don't want anyone to go through what I've been mm. through. But every time, you know, and it's happening more often, I'm getting people reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I'm noticing this and my mum or I'm noticing this and I'm just, I sit there and I'm like, oh God, I just know what you're about to go through. So whilst it may not touch you now, it's about to be a really big problem for Australians, but for everybody. And so I think we need to get onto this now and try and hit it before it, I don't want it to touch anyone personally. So let's find a cure and let's learn more about it before it gets to any of us because... Yeah, it's just, it's horrific. It's just, it's just the hardest thing to have to go through. Well, thank you. I think for you actually talking about it. And I think the fact that um, you lost your mum two weeks ago and you're here spreading this awareness says a lot about you and how strong you are. And and your mum, I always wondered what she did before she had the illness because you were such a strong willed Mm. woman. And now it it makes a lot of sense. And and I didn't know that. So thank you for sharing. And you are so strong. We also wanted to touch on something a little bit lighter. Um, to wrap up? <laughs> no, well, your other pivotal moment. Yeah, well, something oh. that's also changed you quite a bit and that was um, going on Big Brother. Yeah. So What an interesting life choice that was. Yes. No? <laughs> so I am now a bit confused because I didn't know that you'd, um, you know, been offered the job on Home and Away and mm-hmm. then you, wanted, you obviously really wanted to be a journalist. What on earth <laughs> made you be like you know what I'm gonna go on Big Brother was it because you were just you weren't going as a character you were going well, as Tully firstly guys you have to remember it was a long time it ago it was new it was very cool back this then was before, it was very this cool was before Married at First Sight reality <laughs> shows had a very different very different reputation mm-hmm. firstly mm-hmm. meaning yeah. they were a lot more wholesome there, there was, was no social more, media no they were a lot yeah. more genuine we you know there was this beautiful um, ignorance about us like mm-hmm. I think now when you apply for a show like Love Island or Married at First Sight, 
you pretty got much going in there saying, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'm going to become Insta famous yeah. and make some money. It's yeah. like an application to be an Instagram Basically, influencer now. That wasn't the case for us. There, did you even have? Was there no, even? No, I had a private account. Yeah. I had like 300 friends. Sure, yeah. And it was like it was probably the first year of Instagram or something. Yeah, but it was yeah. very early days. Mm-hmm. Like we were using Hipstamatic. I remember. Yeah, to take our, you know, that was our filter, and it was like my dog basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, I loved the show. Watched it growing up. Was a big fan of it. Thought it was such an interesting concept. Um, and people always said to me, oh, you'd be great on that show. But I was never old enough. Mm. And then, um, sorry, I'm like, oh, snotty now from the tears before. There's no tissues in here. God, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you want to use my, my no, like, okay. I have like a cotton my, top on underneath. I'll dab my nose like a child. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they cancelled it when I was sort of, and then they brought it back. Mm. And people kept saying, oh, you should do the show, you should do the show. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Mm. Like, I'm also a really bad loser. That's another thing about me. So, I, if I don't, like when I started a sport or picked up an instrument, if I was instantly good at it, yeah. I'd quit it. You're yeah. a perfectionist, I think, but you're very good at everything I'm a control do. freak. I'm an A-type personality. So I also didn't want to apply and then not get on because mm. that would be such a bruise to the ego. And I, yeah, right. like, I wouldn't want to tell anyone that I'd tried and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of, they came back on Channel 9. I sat back and watched the first season, fell back in love with it, mm. love what they did with it. Channel 9 really made it, brought it back to its roots and made mm. it more a family-friendly show, which I really liked. There was mm. no up late. There was no uncut. There were no, like, Duna dancing scenes. Oh, my God, <laughs> so funny. I remember I remember up late. I used to, because I wasn't oh, allowed was to the- watch it, I used to, like, sneak into the TV room. I'm surprised room. you liked Up Late, Laura. Yeah, Henshaw. sometimes I would have been in like grade five you or something. Then. To watch a lot though, so it would have been that. Yeah, like, I was like, it was like so really naughty. I would sneak yeah. in, put the volume on like one, and just watch it with like my doona over my head, like in case mum came and like I turn used to it watch off. it online when you just like watch the live feeds. Yeah. I don't think I, I had a laptop. <laughs> no, it was like desktop. Oh yeah, I would yeah. sneak down to the computer room. And I would watch Blair. I was obsessed with Blair. Blair Madonna, who, if you're out there, I think he's married with kids. <laughs> I would sit there and like just watch him sleep <laughs> really creepily. Anyway, so they brought it back, made it family friendly. I watched the first season and was like, mm, okay. And then applied and just nailed the audition process. I didn't even mean to. I just kept saying the right thing. I could, And I could tell I was killing it. Mm. Like I, 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 it, it was really funny. I remember the first, um, so the last round of auditions we had to all sit in a group we'd all been flown in from interstate and the, there was a bunch of producers there taking notes and like mm. you know writing down things we couldn't we didn't have any names we were all like contestant number 831 or whatever yeah. and we sat in a circle and they said okay the world's about to end and there's a spaceship going off to take you know a bunch of us but they can only take five and you've all been given an envelope and it has a roll a roll in there I want you to open the envelope, look at the character that you're playing and then convince us why you need to spot in that spaceship. Mm. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Great, role play. Anyway, it just so happened that they started, you know, I was the last person in the circle. And there were contestants being like, oh, you know, I'm a pregnant mother, so I have new life inside of me, Mm -hmm. so you should take me so we could start a new generation. Mm -hmm. And there was a scientist who was like, well, obviously you need to take me. Mm -hmm. I'm a scientist. How are you going to, you know, make new medicine, discover new stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I opened mine and I got um, priest or minister or something. <laughs> and I said, don't take me. Mm. And everyone's like, what? And I was like, don't take me. I go, so many of our wars and so many of our conflicts are because of religion. I'm like, let's just try a new world without it. And you just see every other contestant be like, why the f- didn't I say that? Oh, my God. And the producer's just there being like, yes, yes, this is amazing. This is amazing. This chick's awesome. And so, like, stuff like that. Like, I wasn't – I didn't mean to, like – but I could just tell I was killing it. 
How many people auditioned for your? Do you know oh, how many people auditioned so for many. your season? No, I don't, a lot. I don't think people realize how hard it is to get on because it's in really that moment hard. where you're asked, like, "What would? How do you get on this spaceship?" Thinking of something witty in that moment is very, very hard. Also, after you've been through how many oh, that's auditions? Like so many rounds. Like the first, so I was fast tracked. So you send it. You can. It's not. It's not compulsive, but you can send a video in. Yeah. And it's actually like a really. It, my video wasn't me, and I think they can see through that. If mm-hmm. you're like trying to show off or you know do yeah. handstands, yeah. I literally sat there in my backyard. I was like, "Hi, I'm Tully. I'm 25." Um, but the first round of auditions, if you don't get fast tracked, you're in a massive room with a bunch of people mm-hmm. having to do stuff like, okay, now every, everyone run around like an animal of your choice. Like it's really hard. Oh, my goodness. To get through right. and to get noticed. It's really hard. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting life choice and I made some interesting choices once in the house. Would you go on reality TV again? I've been asked and I've been very close to doing reality TV again. Yes. Um, I would. I think we all know the show that I really want to do. Yeah. The one show that I would do. I've been asked to do a few shows. Do I, was I know asked, this? Yeah. Yeah. Tully yeah, came and asked us, remember? Oh, yes, I would. I was yes, asked sorry. to do, yes. I was, there was talks about Love Island, which yeah. I'm too old for. I'm, I'm not going to stand there in bikini and heels at 31 years old. I was, there was talks about I'm a Celebrity. Yep. Which I, I see you on that. Which I would absolutely do purely to raise money for Dementia Australia because mm-hmm. that's the end of the day that celebrities are on there to raise mm. money for a charity. And... Um, there's been other talks about other shows, which you guys know that I probably can't talk about. I turn yeah, them down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the one that, I, yeah, I mean, obviously The Bachelorette would be amazing. Yes. And I think you'd be I think you a would great be one. And you so offer incredible. substance for it. I think that's all the shows we've spoken about. I don't want to categorise them, but there's a lot where you go on and you don't need to offer substance. And that's fine because that's the show. But I think you have so much more to offer than what yeah, you look like. Thank you. And so that makes a lot of well, sense. Well, my favourite Bachelorette, obviously, is Georgia, Georgia Love. Love. <laughs> he was a very good friend of mine, mm. but she wasn't. And, you know, we joke because I, I saw the trailers for her series and I was like, oh, who is this nufty? <laughs> and you, I, I was like, oh, my God, yes, I've got a career you know woman. I no, love it. No, I didn't. I wasn't buying it. And <laughs> do you know what's so awkward is that I was friends. We've all been friends with Lee for a long time. Yeah. And not knowing, obviously, that he, like, ends up winning the show. Do, uh, do, do you know, me and I, Josh were sitting at the whole time, like, there's no way Lee wins. There's I, no way Lee I wins. I texted Lee and I was like, oh, like, <gasps> I was like, I was like, this girl's vanilla. Like, how did you even <laughs> not knowing? Obviously now, you know, I think she's amazing. They, yeah. But the reason I love Georgia was because she was intelligent and she yes, had a career. So much. She didn't even apply for the show. She was approached, yeah. you know, like there's so many reasons why I love Georgia. Yeah. Um, I think we need another bachelorette like that, whether that's me or somebody you. else. We need another one, but we need me. Have they ever? They do. No, they no, haven't. Not me. I would be the worst. I'd choose everyone. First of all, just... you're engaged to the most beautiful <laughs> man on the planet. So let's not even. Even if I wasn't, I would be the worst. So... You'd be terrible. Yeah. You really would. I would, wouldn't I? You would. Yeah. You'd be really bad. Yeah. You'd be really you bad. Can you imagine her in the rose ceremony? She would like, she'd be like, guys, I don't want to send anyone home. I'm you're all so lovely. So, yeah, you're like, you're all staying. And the producer's like, Laura, you have to send someone home. I'm going to sacrifice myself. No. Anyway, um, have you, how do you get on it? Like, have they come to you? No, they haven't. Look, I have a few. Can I we put some seeds and seeds? Do you put we? seeds into the universe? I'm, I'm putting too. seeds out there. Bachelor. Wait, is that a thing though? Do you put seeds into the, well, no, into anyone, the ground? Any producers the- listening from The Bachelorette, I will share the shit out of Tully's show. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. I've got stuff to put around um, a bit arrogant, we think that producers of The Bachelorette are listening hey, to you. <laughs> you never know. You, you know, know what? I have a theory that I'm not, I think I'm um, too naughty. 
naughty. But I think they think that I'm like I'm not like squeaky clean enough. What like you're gonna be like the bad girl for females? I don't know. You I just wouldn't. I have a feeling that because Georgia is like the people's princess. Like Georgia is like our princess die. Aww. Like she's never put a foot wrong ever. But people know like people know you, so they know like well, what I think to expect. If from Sophie Mark and Uggs can do it, surely I can. Yeah, guys, just I just want to find someone to love me. Like it's all I want. I just want someone to love me. (laughs) (laughs) My last boyfriend I met on reality TV, so maybe this is my only. Maybe this is what I have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, watch your quiet. (laughs) No, I just I'm putting it out there. I I want to put it out there into the atmosphere. Into the atmosphere, because you're such a catch tail. You really are. Thank you. And I think when people, you know, give you time and actually get to know you, they'll see how special and and strong and amazing you really are. Thanks, Smooch. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> How about social media? Do you, I, obviously we spoke before about it. Do you even like it? Are you on it because it's your job? Um, I'm not saying it appears that you don't like it, but I I'm, it, I always like to know if you would be on it if you didn't have to. Look, again, I think it's really important that I, that I stress how lucky and grateful I am. Yeah. We've all been given such amazing opportunities. I mean, Steph and I went to Coachella, <laughs> you know, we've done some amazing stuff and we're so lucky that we get to do what we mm. do. What, what upsets me and what kind of stresses me out is when girls are like, you know, oh, when little girl, young females are like, I would love, or I, I'm trying or I'm studying to do what you do. Mm. That just job. makes me. Yeah. And it's, <gasps> I'm glad that you yeah. feel that way. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? Like I slipped and fell into this. Exactly. We all slipped and fell into yeah. this. And you guys especially have managed to flip it and you're using your platforms for such a positive, empowering um, way. And that's so important. Not everyone's doing that. And Laura, you kind of came at it from a different angle. Steph kind of came at it from modelling and still managed to flip it on its head. Mm. Um, I think that I haven't managed to do that yet. So it still doesn't quite sit well with me every day. Some days Mm. I love it and some days, you know, when I can do stuff like share stuff about Dementia Australia, Mm -hmm. talk about my mental health and my anxiety and and get positive response from that, I feel better about it and I kind of go to bed being like, okay, you know what? It can be a nice I've used my platform today for for good instead of evil. Mm. Some days it doesn't sit so well with me. Mm. Um, And some days I don't feel great about, you know, using it for monetary gain. And when people, you know, and I know that we're all part of it, of the Shameless um, Facebook community group, which is a great group. Mm. Um, You know, when people say stuff to me, like my feed makes them feel like they're not good enough or that their life is boring. That ruins me. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, I hate to think that I've I've done that to anybody. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm not sharing me, you know, I've had a really crappy couple of weeks. Mm. And I stayed off social media, mm-hmm. mainly because I was my focus was elsewhere. Of, of course. course. But also, I'm not going to put up a photo of me crying on my couch or me in, mm-hmm. in my yeah. bed. But those days still happen. Yeah. yeah, of course. And I don't, it just, yeah, I, it, I do struggle with it. I struggle with it and I struggle with feeling proud about what I'm doing, definitely. And talking about social media or media in general, um, you've written a few good articles in your blog young blood creative we actually we used one of your quotes in our bullying chat podcast yes we did um i just love when you do speak about things like that how open and honest you are and you went through quite a lot coming off the show Mm -hmm. i mean you still do um but when you first came off the show i know you spoke about it with michelle and zara and shameless a little bit about your experience coming off but how on earth did you get through that time where people were judging you left, right and centre um, because of what happened on the show, but also picking apart and labelling your sexual preference or anything? How do you deal with that? 
Yeah, it was really, oh God, it was so tough. In hindsight, it's funny, you know, I think in the moment when you're thrust in something like that, your natural, your human instinct is to just keep swimming. Yeah. You get up every day, even if you get up slowly or you don't have a shower, you know, you eventually put some pants on (laughs) and you eventually just get through the day. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, looking back, I cannot believe I got through that. Yeah. Because it was bad. It was really bad. It was really, really bad. And I was 25, you know, at the time I was, and social media was still so new. The fact that I could have all these people attacking me online was such a new phenomenon. Like, you know, now again, I think that people would be a little bit more prepared, maybe a little bit more guarded, a little bit more, um, uh, that have thicker skin just organically. I had to build that thick skin. And I think when you're generally a good person, which I'd like to think that I am, Mm -hmm. and when you generally don't do bad things or don't make mistakes or don't hurt, you know, I would never hurt someone intentionally to then have to just sit back and say, I stuffed up, Mm. I hurt someone Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to have to cop this on the chin. That was a really humbling moment for me because I I couldn't... I mean, I could have turned around and said, oh, it was the editing and I didn't know what I was doing in there and, you know, I lost my mind. But I never said that. Yeah. I said, yep, I stuffed up. I said, I did a shitty thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not a shitty human being Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, it was really tough. It was really, really, it still is. There's, yeah. I mean, there there was a Facebook page which had like 60,000 fans that was like, I hate Tully. Oh my God. It was death threats. Um. I was being called the C-bomb out of cars on the street. Mm. Um, I was having drinks thrown at me at nightclubs. I had paparazzi following me around. Um, But I think the hardest thing was none of that was as tough and none of that was as harsh as what I was saying to myself. Mm. Mm. You know, like I was so angry with myself and so upset with myself. Mm. And so that was probably the hardest part about reading all these horrible comments is that I was agreeing with them. But I think when you are doubting yourself, which it's almost impossible not to when there's, a, like, as you said, there's a group of 60,000 people and it's like, hang on, how how are you meant to have confidence in that moment? How are you meant to have self-belief when everyone is telling you not to? Yeah, totally. And like, I, but, I, and I, but when people are telling you, like, you're an awful person, you should go to hell, you mm. should kill yourself, when you're already feeling like you mm. should kill yourself and you've got people telling you you should, mm. how do you... You know, you just feel like you're you're reading. It it was it was really tough. Mm. It was really tough, and I think you know. And and again, and I know we keep talking about them, but I know we're all friends, so mm. it's fine. Michelle and Zara touched mm. on it in this week's podcast about there needs to be space for people to be able to apologize, absolutely, and then be forgiven mm. for sure. Um, and everyone's made mistakes. Mm-hmm. I made one quite publicly. Yeah. Um, but I think p- people forget that. You know, when you attack someone online, there's this mentality of like, you sign up for it. You know what you were signing up for. I still hear that to this day. I know. Oh, well, you know what you're signing up for. So what do you expect? Or mm. like, what did you, and it's like. No, but no one expects what you had when you came out. And I don't, I think it's really hard to be held to decisions. And I think it's amazing how you haven't let it define you now. Well, I've worked my bloody ass off. I often it would try, be more inside, wouldn't it? It's not, oh, it's not like on the outside. I struggle outside. with it every day. Yeah. Like I still struggle with it. I still struggle with it. I still haven't forgiven myself. Mm. And my my ex Talia and I are really good friends. Mm. She was at my mother's funeral. She was at my 30th mm. birthday in Bali. Mm. We're the best of friends. Mm. She's forgiven me for it. Mm. She says stuff like, you know, it, you know, we weren't going well anyway and blah, blah, blah. It was the best thing that ever happened to us, which I struggle with. But um, 
I haven't forgiven myself for it. I don't think I ever will forgive myself for it. You know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I hurt somebody I loved very much. Mm. And I, you know, it's something that I have to, it's a burden that I have to carry. I just think it's it's really hard. I get so frustrated with it and really angry at society. Um, basically because I think they forget that whether you have a million followers or whether you have a platform or whether you're on a TV show or anything like that. You're still human. You're still human. You're still a normal person. I guarantee that every person that ever picked on you or said anything like that had fucked up, had made mistakes, had done something stupid that they mm. completely regretted. Do you know, it's really it's really interesting and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it because I think she'd be okay with it. But I um recently I don't know what came across me, but I went looking for that Facebook page. Mm. My friends and family tried to have it taken down before I came out because they were of the house, because they were really worried that I'd see it and it would send me into a bit of a tailspin. And they spoke to they spoke to Facebook, both Channel Nine, to be fair, the network, but also my friends and family all tried. Yeah, and they couldn't. Yeah, so it still exists. Please don't go searching for it. I did for some reason the other day. Maybe I was feeling uh, like as in I went looking. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I wanted to revisit that, but I did. And I saw that someone who is now my friend was a fan of the Facebook page, which was very, a really tough, really, really tough Mm. feeling. Um, And I reached out. I don't think she'd mind me naming and shaming her because I feel like she's someone who is quite open about this kind of stuff too. So basically, you know, when you go onto Facebook page and it will say like, blah, 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 is also a, you know, also likes this page. Mm Mm-hmm. So I did that and I saw that uh, a friend of mine who, and just disclosure, we've discussed this. I also don't think it's naming and shaming because no. as you said, it's like at the time she didn't know you. No. She just saw something on and Facebook. And she was very it young. popped up and she was like, oh my God, haha, this is funny. I'm going to get on this, this train. Yeah, exactly. So Soph Keisha, mm-hmm. um, who, as I said, again, mm-hmm. dear friend of mine, we're friends mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, I saw that she was a fan of this Facebook page mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah. Because it's one thing to imagine these trolls being faceless. Yeah, absolutely. And miserable mm-hmm. in their, you know, mm. or hurting in their own ways. But to know someone personally mm. who has been on board with this. And I thought, oh, I'll just leave it, just leave it. I was like, no, I can't. Mm. And so I messaged I'm really her. glad you reached out to I her. I messaged her and I said, I just screen grabbed it. I said, so this is interesting. And she, bless her socks, was mortified. Of course, of course. she would have been. That was, was a decision she made. Also, let's remember that she first started as the young mummy. She's quite young. She's much yeah. younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still, I'm pretty sure, like early 20s, maybe mid 20s by now. Yeah, I think but we're the is, same age. I think she's 25 or 26. Yeah, yeah, but this is six years ago, right? Yeah. So a long time ago. She yeah. would have been, what, 19, 20? And she was like, oh, my God, Tal, I am yeah. so sorry. I have no recollection of this. I can't believe mm. that, I, you know, I've obviously unliked the page, you know, I, you know, and she was so apologetic. And I was of like, course. it's totally fine. But I think, again, you know, it's it's a space of forgiveness and, forgiveness yeah. and learning and growing and being self-aware and, and realising that these are real people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And if you wouldn't say it to your sister, if you wouldn't say it to your friend, if you wouldn't say it to your co-worker, then don't say it to anyone on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Did that help you a little bit in that someone on that page now loves you and is your friend? So they've forgiven you, so why? Totally. And I've had so many people reach out. It's still, you know, reach out and say, and I think they think they're being kind. <laughs> and I and I guess, it, you know, at the end of the message, when you look back, yes, they are being kind. 
But I they, love those messages. Oh, they start off like, oh, you know, I watched you on the show and I really didn't like you or, you know, I was never a fan. I, in fact, I think I got one today. I was never a fan of yours. Mm. But since listening to your podcast or since reading this article or since following you on Instagram or since learning more about you or since meeting you in person, <laughs> I realised that I was wrong or that I misjudged you. That's always a great feeling. Mm. That's always a great feeling. It just sucks that I feel like that they have that initial thought. And mm. for the rest of my life, I'm going to be swimming upstream with that. Yeah. And that's how I do feel. I feel like I'm constantly swimming upstream. I'm constantly on the back foot. You know what also though? It's one of those things that it comes back to when people have a goal about things that you've done in your past, what do they expect you to do? Would mm. they prefer, I think we need to take our guard down about this. And this is something also, um, speaking of the Shameless podcast, the interview they did with you was amazing. So anyone that's enjoyed this, like yeah. go and listen to that. Absolutely. But, Something I've spoken about the girls with a lot is that what do you want us to do? Would mm-hmm. you prefer after you, you know, made a mistake, continue to do that? Mm-hmm. But you haven't. You've you've totally changed and you made one mistake and that one mistake it shouldn't it should not be able to define anyone. But you know, what do they expect? Do they want you to keep doing it? Because yeah. you're not. Yeah, I think I think the thing the difference with me and there's been a few I'm often asked about, you know, I won't mention names, but the latest Married at First Sight. I've been compared to different characters on characters. Oh my god, characters! They're mm. people. Mm. See, even it's hard to like not see them as as but not the show. Absolutely. Almost reality shows, I think, are almost. But that show is, is a specific beast. That's right. It really and does. It has grown, and mm. I'm yeah very concerned about Don't where. Don't go it's, on that. Oh, I would never. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I'm very concerned about where that show is yeah, leading. That's a whole. That's another discussion in in itself. But mm. I'm very concerned about where that show is taking these absolutely. people. Um, but I think, you know, I own up to my mistake. I apologised. I apologised to the person that I hurt, mm. which is the most important. Mm. Like, I was, I'm like, I don't have to apologise to the public. I'm apologising to the person that I hurt. Mm. And then I've made steps to rectify that and, and grow and change and evolve and learn from my mistakes. I think that's the important part. Mm-hmm. Um, I owned up to it. I apologise and I grew from it. Mm-hmm. And that's all we can do as human beings. And I think sometimes the thing I try and say to, like, I'm sure both of you, like, Imagine, think of like the silliest, stupidest thing you've done or like mm. the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life. Mm. You're probably like, what, 19, 20, 18 years old, whatever. Imagine being held accountable to that for that for the rest of your life. No, you can't, I can't even imagine it. And I think maybe for you to really think about the fact that if the person that you hurt, the only person that really mattered in that situation has, has forgiven, forgiven me, you. And I need to forgive myself. Why haven't you forgiven totally. yourself? I don't know. That's all that you need. I know. And she says the same thing. And she's like, you're an idiot. She's yeah. like, you are taking more of this and you have to. I think it's just, it comes down to that thing where I'm not a bad person and to do a bad it thing. Doesn't, it doesn't make you, it's not you. It's an act. It wasn't you. Mm. And I think we have to separate ourselves from that. So you are an amazing person and you made one mistake in your life. Mm. I mean, I've made plenty of mistakes. Of course, we've all no, made plenty, but, but yeah. this one mistake on doesn't, that doesn't define who you are. Yeah. And the person that you hurt, then that's why you are, because you're such a beautiful person you care about what people, you know, how you treat people and how you make people feel. If she's feeling okay, then then you should be too. Laura, I feel like you've just saved me a lot of money on therapy. Um, <laughs> I've seen that many psychologists about this very issue and I'm still, re- and I'm just like, oh, well, when you put it like that, that's kind of, okay. Well, yeah, look, I, I just think it's just, I don't know, my, my burden to, I hope one day I can make peace with it, but I, I still, too. it still sits heavy on my chest. Mm. Well, yeah, we definitely both do. And we both um, love you very much. I love you guys. Man, like I didn't know you. I watched the season. I watched the show. I didn't know you from a bar of soap. 
all I saw and related to you was that um, we were both very emotional, dramatic people. <laughs> so I kind of liked you on the show because I was like, I feel like if I went on that show, I'd probably be exactly the same. Mm. A little bit of a fireball, yeah. firecracker. You just cry when you need to. Yeah. yeah. Like you just got to be, you know, that I came out and my dad was there, bless him. <laughs> and I said, I'm, so, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. And I'm sorry if I let the family down. <laughs> he said, Pumpkin, which is my nickname. Oh, oh that's gorgeous. That's out there now. Damn it. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, Pumpkin, you are yourself. Yeah. And that's all I can ask of you. Yeah. You know, you wear your heart in your sleeve. You fell in love. You, you know, you cry when you're upset. You got upset for your friends. He's like, you know, you were yourself and that's all I can mm. ask of you. And I think that's all we can ask of ourselves. And you were in a social experiment. I think that's another thing just to wrap this up that people need to remember is that you weren't mm. you weren't acting that way in your normal life. Like no. you were stuck in a house with things literally designed to make you upset and frustrated and Literally muck round. Well, Seriously. I don't want to say the F word. I can't bring myself to do it on the podcast, but um, F <laughs> with your mind. Yeah. I think the really interesting thing about that law, and I know that you'd be probably interested in this, is that some people people always ask me like, oh, you know, what was the hardest thing? What was the weirdest thing? Or what was something that maybe we didn't see on the show? Mm. And the things that really stuffed with our minds <laughs> that you wouldn't, th- I didn't think about, that I don't think people think about are stuff like changing our diets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't get to pick and choose what we eat in there. We win a shopping budget and then we have to all agree on yeah, what to buy, right? So you've got these big guys who are used to eating a certain amount of food a day, mm. a certain amount of meat, protein, who are no longer eat, getting that food. So they're hangry. Mm-hmm. You've got people like me, as who, as we both all know, I have a high sugar diet. You know what's yeah. so funny? Before we came, we were like, oh my God, we'll bring her a box of protein balls. And I was like, balls. no, we and won't. Like, she, she doesn't, doesn't eat them. <laughs> I was like, true. <laughs> I like one of the flavors of the protein balls. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got me on to kombucha. I didn't drink kombucha until I drank ah, your kombucha. Remember? Oh, so don't, I'm not a total failure and a bad friend. Um, but yeah, my diet, you know, I the first two weeks I was experiencing severe caffeine and sugar withdrawals, mm-hmm. which affect your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the boy, people weren't drinking coffee. People weren't smoking. Mm-hmm. That affects your mood. That really starts with your head. Um, and the other thing that really affected us that played a massive role that people don't think about is not having the idea of time. Yeah. Yeah. That was taken away from us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were being woken up and put to bed, not knowing. So as far as we were concerned, we could have been having 20-hour days. Yeah. They would tell us it was time to get up, was it? Yeah. I don't know what time it was in there. Yeah. And that really stuffs you around. Yeah. And you couldn't, you didn't know anything about news or anything. So no. You couldn't talk we about it. We changed prime ministers in there and I had, we had to vote and I had no idea we'd change prime ministers. Did you vote? Yeah, we got to we had to vote in the house. Oh, but you didn't know, you didn't who know won. the outcome. No. Wow. And then even I think one of the other biggest ones was not being able to have contact with your massive support network of friends and family. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. And I think that probably was was a reason for all the tears yeah. because when, you know when things. Firstly, the minute I met Drew, mm-hmm. my ex boyfriend, and I realized that I had feelings for him, I would have ended it with my partner mm. in a, in the real world. Yeah, yeah exactly. I couldn't. I yeah, couldn't do that. Yeah, I actually tried. Yeah. I tried to walk out. I tried to, you know, I asked the producers if I could talk to her. They were told, no, Tally, that's not the premise of the show. Yeah. Secondly, when you're in times of stress or, you know, when you're feeling down or stressed or anxious, you uh, listen to music. Mm -hmm. No music in there. Mm -hmm. You might go for a walk. I'm literally trapped in a cage. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't walk very far. No. You might put out, uh, read a book. Mm -hmm. No No books. books. Mm. Yeah. Call a friend. Call a loved one. Call your family. Can't do any of that. You're literally trapped. Yeah. And the producers would have played, I feel like if you 
had I spoken to a friend about, hey, should I do this? They might have been like, probably not. Totally. But the producers, I assume, would have been like, don't worry about it. Just go oh, for it. Absolutely. And so and that's I what often, you've got in I your head. I often jokingly, jokingly. So um, one of my closest friends in the house was Jazz, who I know we all know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I often joke that if she hadn't been evicted so early on, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Well, you went and left me. And then, you know, so it's all your fault. If you'd been in there, A, I would have had a friend. But also wouldn't have relied. So because Drew was my friend yeah. at first. He was my comfort, my comfort yeah. blanket. And I go, if you hadn't have left, you would have been my comfort blanket. That wouldn't have happened. You would have stopped <laughs> it. So really it's all your fault. Um, no, but yeah, those all those things, yeah. you know, add up. And you're right, producers definitely, you know, suddenly they're like, you know, Tully and Drew, you have mm. to do this challenge together. And you're like, okay. And it's not, that, that's not their fault. It's just the no. way that the TV and show again, is. And again, I would never blame, you know, I did what I did. Yeah. I did fall for that guy in that in that environment and, mm-hmm. and I, I have no regrets. Mm. I... That's awesome. I regret that my decisions hurt somebody else. Yeah, of course. But I wouldn't change anything for the world. Yeah. Love that. And I think I think before we end on Laura's amazingly <laughs> gorgeous question, um, I think if anyone's going to take anything from this conversation, it, it, it's a few different things. Um, one, I hope that everyone's gotten to know the amazing person mm. that you are outside of just face value on Instagram. Um, two, there is so much unknown about dementia and everything and and you can help absolutely everyone can help um three there is so much more to reality tv show and we shouldn't be so quick to judge mm, anyone you know. on that or social media or anything everyone is human everyone yep. makes mistakes and just because you put your hand up to go on a show doesn't mean you put your hand up to be ridiculed exactly. and bullied and trolled do you know what i mean no like, but like why that. why does that have to come with it you know when people say like well you put your hand up for it like you should have known it was coming why does it have to be that way and it doesn't it shouldn't but yeah i i'm with you on that like, mm. actually no i signed up to do big brother mm. didn't sign up for six years of abuse no, <laughs> to be completely honest not. but yeah and number four mm. you should be the next bachelor <laughs> please i hope and please. start your own podcast like, like yeah, honestly and start your own podcast. i just if that if we can do it before it's gonna be okay. We can't before stairs, so we can do it before Laura's wedding. Sure. So I can take them. So I can take them to Laura's wedding. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm invited, right? Yeah, of course. I haven't you even are. been invited yet. Yeah. How she hasn't done how anything. I haven't done anything, but yes. I know I'm invited to stairs, but I haven't. Oh, that's so presumptuous. Of course you are. Good. Thanks. So God. can we finish with my question mm-hmm. now? Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I love this. This is just such a you question. So if you could um, play any character in any movie or TV show, who would it be and why? You're so adorable. <laughs> pinch your little <laughs> cheeks okay so i had to think about this i'm glad so, you took it seriously thank you i did you. take it seriously i like doing my research before these things otherwise especially when i'm doing it with friends i could be here. we've already been here for hours yeah probably way too long no, no. i think people will really okay so this. i used to get called regina george <laughs> i know which um i never was a fan of because she's not particularly yeah. a nice character <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then people have said that I remind them of Elliot of of Scrubs, mm-hmm. um, and also Marnie of Girls. Okay, okay. Not, seen girls. None of which are particularly. You, seen girls? you should watch it. You yes. should watch okay. Girls. Right. None of which are particularly complimentary. Um, Marnie's a bit of a control freak, mm. A type personality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elliot is like super anxious mm-hmm. and in her own head, and Regina's just a bitch. What if so, you could play anyone? Anyone? Yeah, yeah. So, you choose to without you. people telling you. So they, but they came to my head first and foremost okay. so then I had a proper think about it yeah this is a bit left of center um so 
I really love Kerry Washington's character on Scandal. I don't know okay. if you guys watch Scandal. No. She plays a character called Olivia Pope. Mm-hmm. And basically her job is to come in and fix problems. She works closely with the president. It's a little fictional show, obviously. And she comes in and she fixes problems, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's just she's just a badass. She's just a real, like, girl boss takes no shit, works a bloody ass off um, mm-hmm. and she's just really passionate about her job and I think that um, those qualities I can resonate with. So Olivia Pope on Scandal. Love Amazing. it. Thank you. <laughs> no Thanks props. for coming, Tal. Thanks for having me, guys. And being nice so nice and gentle. Time with you anyway. Um, we need to have a proper catch-up. Go have a drink or something. We do. We always say long. that. You guys are so busy. I'm trying yeah. to organise everyone's schedules is near impossible, but um, it's been lovely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tal. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that chat. Um, Tully's, yeah, Tully's awesome. Mm. And thanks again, Tull. You're incredible. And thank you for being so open and honest with us. So it is time for question of the week. This one is from Kira. Thank you for sending in such a fun question. If you could be any animal, what would it be? Go to Retriever so I could be friends with Billy. How did I know that was going to happen? I'd just be the best friends with him. I do honestly think, though, that dogs have the best life. Well, I mean, obviously not all dogs are fortunate, but when you look at dogs that are in a loving family, it would be the best life. They sleep and eat, except you can't choose so when you eat. Yeah, but you I feel like you're okay with that. Walk. I don't know. They just seem like <laughs> the happiest of animals. What would you be? You can't be a dog because I chose it. A monkey in the wild. Uh I didn't expect that I, at all. They're like one of my favorite animals. I think they are funny and adorable and like energetic and I like that they can swing from trees and they're like humans, but monkeys. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I feel answer. like there is not a correct answer to this question. No, there's a, it's just so funny. I thought you were going to say dolphin. I don't know why. What? I just can imagine you swimming in I the I am terrified oh, yeah. of the ocean. I just thought you'd like it because you're in the sun. <laughs> when it, maybe you could combat your fear of the ocean by being a dolphin because you can swim. Oh, my God. Random. Okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for sending your questions and thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, we really appreciate the support. Your listens, subscribes and everything like that really support our not channel. What am I podcast? calling it again? Our podcast. <laughs> I've been watching way too much YouTube lately. It really supports us. And yeah, if you want to hear or see more from us, you can find us on Instagram at Keep It Cleaner or Laura.Henshaw or Steph Claire Smith. And of course, you can see more about Keep It Cleaner at our website, www.keepitcleaner.com.au. And we will see you next week. There's hear from you'll hear from us next week. <laughs> we'll uh, There's a really exciting wow. one for next week. We think you'll love it. Hmm. Steph had a chat in Sydney, mm, and that will be coming up. Well, you'll see. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.